0: Remind me how so often we take things for granted, and mm. how good God is. And Lisa, you mentioned Derek um, funeral. Did you attend the burial on yesterday?
1: Yes, ma'am. And actually, I was able to give um, Keith some closure because I was able to Facetime him in the hospital so that he could see you know, the casket going down and everything to just give them some closure, too. So I actually give remarks at the funeral, too.
0: Okay. Well, I didn't attend that funeral. I attended the wake. But the funeral I attended was my adopted sister. So I had to go to the wake Friday night and then the funeral Saturday. But Mm -hmm. the amazing thing is that they're buried right side by side. Okay. And the families were there at the same time. So I was able to do both the same time. But the thing that um, hit me the most was that there were three families out there burying loved ones at the same time. And they were rushing us out of there because there was another family coming in to bury someone else. And just imagine four people being planted there all at the same time. We are taking life for granted. This is time that we get our house in order. Nobody knows the minute or the hour. And people are still living like they're, they're crazy. They're still not acknowledging God. And this thing is real. And it's so touching. It's so touching. It touches my heart because I see people on a daily basis that They just act like God doesn't exist. And it hurts my heart for them. It really hurts my heart for them because I can't imagine living in the world today without knowing God. So I thank God this morning. I really thank him for allowing me to get to know who he is and what he's capable of doing. And I bless God for you all. For being a part of my life, and I I thank God for y'all just to be a part of a a, a prayer group, of of prayer warriors.
2: You know, I'm just
0: so grateful to be among people like you all, praying people, and I just want to say thank God for that because this thing is so real, and, and my heart really go out to all four of those families that, you know, they all were feeling the same pain. Nobody could mm-hmm. console the next one because everybody was hurting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody was hurting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, I, I even acknowledged how yeah. yeah. much mm-hmm. it was. A traffic mm-hmm. jam and the graveyard.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Four different mm-hmm. families. This is, that's something, you
1: yeah. Yes. And yeah. we've had five over, over, is it over six, how many people have died during this specific season of the COVID, in this only in the United States of America, um, not including other people just that just died from regular illness. But we as Christians, you know, the voice and the bodies of Christ, we really have to let our light shine so that others can know that there is. And almighty God. There is yes. Christ and the Holy Spirit lives within us. Yes. And that's what and we just have to keep praying for them because yes. the enemy, um, he's he's powerful, but he's not as powerful as our God. So we just have to keep praying. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't mean to take your spot. No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, What I was going to
3: say is that even though we lost this year, earlier this year, we lost Miss Bennett, you know.
1: Yes, that's right. She's such
3: a dear, um, you know, sister in Christ. Uh, And, you know, sometimes these kind of things happen. But, you know, uh, as we um, meditated, uh, this is just like, you know, a temporal space and we're going to have a place of permanence and we're going to spend time millions and millions of years together yes. in hallelujah. a place where we will be in the presence of the holy god you know Amen. Mm-hmm. hallelujah any other praise item for this
2: week
4: hi this is katina yes katina. hi um i'm surprised my mom didn't talk about it but i i'll, I'll praise uh give her praise report for her but I just want to let everybody know that um, my mom is getting stronger and stronger every day, Amen. and um, and I just thank God for um, just His healing hands upon her. Um, I'm mm-hmm. seeing the progress um, in her on her right side, and we are just so um, I'm really happy this morning. You know, it was a rough Praise week. God. It's been one week mm-hmm. since she came home. However, mm-hmm. I've seen a miraculous um, turnaround in her recovery. Uh, just this morning I was helping her and she almost was practically standing up on her own without my assistance. So I praise mm-hmm. God for that. And mm-hmm. um and I, I, I'm trusting him that this week that she's gonna be transporting her own self from one seat to another seat. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of faith I have and I'm believing and I'm trusting him that he's gonna do that. So I just wanted to acknowledge his um his work. Acknowledge his mighty hands, acknowledge acknowledge his miraculous hands, because I know it's because of him that she is where she's at today. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
3: Father God, we come before you, point of grace.
1: The
4: conference has been muted.
3: As we, Father God, raise all of our praises this morning, Father God, let it become an incense in your throne room this morning, Father.
1: Yes, Lord.
3: God, we pray that that, even the next moments that we get a chance to spend time in the Word, Father God, let your words become real in our life, that we will be able to soak your Word, Father God. Yes, Lord. Father, I pray that even right now, the words that come out this morning, Father God, let it come out with clarity and just become a a strength and a source of hope, Father God, for us this morning. We wanted to eat with you this morning, Father God.
1: Yes, Lord.
3: Father, we surrender our into your mighty hands. God, you take the glory and honor in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The thing is that, you know, um, uh, before we go too far, Miss um, Sarah, maybe you can put yourself on mute. We can hear okay. background noise. Okay. Um, the, the hand of our God is on every one of us. It doesn't matter where we go and what we do. His hand is just like a leading us. And uh, as, as we go into today reading about the miracles there are so many miracles that we have seen so far. We have seen the miracle of that lady getting healed um we We've seen the leprosy getting healed. We have seen the the blind you know eyes were open We've seen so many of these miracles the, the man that was like a let down from the the ceiling we saw the 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 uh, men you know in the life of elisha. Uh, we saw Elijah's miracle. We have seen, like uh, last two weeks, uh, about Daniel and Daniel's miracle of like uh, what he experienced in the lion's den. Like right? This morning we're going to pick on another miracle that we have done so many times. Sometimes when 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 I like start to prepare for these, um, you know, um, meditations these meditations, you know, I would always start by thinking, my God, that this is being like a common miracle. Everybody knows. But then when I start to dig into it, there are things that just like pops out, like from inside that, you know, verses that God is teaching. So I'm hoping I'm praying. In fact, I'm very excited about this morning to talk about Jesus feeding the 5,000. That was, you know, Something that we have done so uh, many miracles, uh, you know, um, that we have heard. But this one is like a very common miracle, not only for us, but also for the gospel writers. In fact, that feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle that is tracked in all four gospels besides the resurrection. Isn't that amazing? Like some of these miracles, when we look at the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they always see certain things that are happening and they will write their portion of it on how they saw. But for some reason, this one miracle must have, uh, you know, impacted these guys so much so that all four of them wrote about them, right? And... The, the thing is that um, is this kind of a miracle uh, happened before? Of course, uh, Elisha has done one such miracle where he took two loaves of bread and he fed a hundred people. But this miracle, there is something about this miracle that's not about just feeding alone, and that's what we're going to see. Even though it is there in Matthew chapter fourteen, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to pick up this from John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. Before I go to read this chapter, um, in fact, uh, you know, when I read from the book of Mark, there is like a series of events has happened on this particular day, right? So, in the you know, Jesus comes to Nazareth, the people reject him, and then uh, even though he gets rejected by his own people, he says like a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, right? Among his own relatives and in his own house, right? So he was like really, um, you know, um, uh, kind of like a lost himself that morning. Then he sends his disciples, 12 of them as twos, and they come back with like such great news that everything from like a healing to the unclean spirits were gone, and so on and so forth. They were excited. While they were being excited, they hear the news that John the Baptist has been beheaded. And so it is almost like, you know, a good news, a bad news, good news, bad news. And then, you know, by this time, you know, the, the, the disciples are exhausted um, with all the things that was going on. But... That's where the scene starts. Like a, this is a time of a Passover. There are three times in a year that the Jewish people actually come to Jerusalem to be in the temple. And this is one of those three times that they come to the town. There's like thousands and thousands of people come into town. This place is like a buzzing with like all the noise and happiness. It just reminds me of like a how in India, very the very same time like now that because of Christmas, everywhere you go there is like a beautiful lights and stars and people crowded to buy stuff for Christmas, um, and so it's it's like that in 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 Jerusalem right now, and that's where the scene starts in John chapter six. I'm going to read from verses 1. We'll go through to like a 15. After these things, Jesus, after these things, that's the part. John did not even cover what all these things, but after these things that he was rejected by the people in Nazareth, and then the the, the disciples came back with all the victories after they heard about the, the... beheading of John. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on on those who were deceased and Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with his disciples now the Passover a feast the Jews was near the feast of the, a feast of Jews was near then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him he said to Peter well sorry uh, Philip where shall we buy bread that these may eat but this uh, he said to test him for he himself knew what he would do philip answered "Hmm, 200 denarii's worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little one of his disciples andrew Simon Peter's brother said to him, There is a lad, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in this place. So the men sat down in number about five thousand, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples, uh, and the disciples to those uh, sitting down, and likewise uh, the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, "Gather up the fragments." that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them and filled them, filled the 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves and left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet. Who is to come into the world? Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Praise the Lord! This is an amazing miracle. Um, There's so many things that are packed into it. First of all, uh, when when I was reading about this miracle of feeding of the five thousand. I was always a little bit confused um, about another miracle that also happened with the 4,000 people. Actually, there were twice um, uh, this kind of miracle happened in, in Jesus' time. And the second miracle, um, our feeding of the 4,000, is very similar to the 5,000. So sometimes we get like a little bit confused by them. So we'll take like a two, three minutes to quickly Grab hold of that five thousand versus a four thousand miracle, because there there is a significant difference. It's not the thousand that is different. It is not the five thousand versus a four thousand, or you know these guys are out of their mind to record the same miracle twice um, because one is you know is similar to the other. It is true that they both are feeding the, the multitude, you know. It is very important um, for Christ to, to feed His people, but there is a vital difference between these two. This, the the first one, Mark uh, Mark six thirty four thirty five to forty four, we, we read also from John. It's talking about like a how he was able to sit, make the people sit down to eat the the the, the two fish and uh, I'm sorry, the the fish and the the bread. And in Mark chapter 8, a little bit later, right, uh, verses 1 through 9, it's talking about Jesus feeding, again, another 4,000 people. Here is the vital difference between them. Right? The vital difference is that the 5,000 was this one was done near a place called Bethsaida by the Sea of Galilee. Right? Whereas the other one was done in the region of Gerenesis, which is um, the place where the Gentiles were. The, the Bethsaida is, is where the Jewish people were there, whereas the other one is among the Gentiles. Not only that, there are so many things God packs up in these miracles. In the, in the feeding of the 5,000, we see the leftovers of 12 baskets full of leftovers. In fact, one of the Bible versions say the broken pieces. God allowed each of these men to pick up those broken pieces and feed, you know, and put it into a basket, right? And it's it's talking about like how these men who did not even believe that this is possible, God not only made this miracle happen, but actually he made these guys, each one of these guys, a doggy bag so they can actually take home the leftovers. There were 12 leftover baskets that were there. Whereas on the 4,000 miracle, it's talking about seven loaves and seven baskets that are collected at the end. The number seven is very symbolic of completeness. It's not about just the Jews that he came, but also to the Gentiles and the number seven is is just like uh, you know also the seven days that god took to create this humanity and that this seven also talks about like uh, you know he is the bread of life for both the jews and gentiles he didn't just come for the jews alone and he was trying to make a point that he is the bread the one bread, that 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 17 says that one bread, we who are many are one body, and for all, we, we all partake of this one bread that died on the rugged cross. So when you see these two miracles that are very similar to each other, but God had a different purpose for each of these two miracles. And not only that, when we read we also see, um, this is being talked about several times, that it is, it is the, the, in those days the customary uh, thing to count the number of men. So it says 5,000 men, right? And And the thing is that the reason why they do count the men is because In those days, men never came all by themselves. They always came with their families. They always traveled with their families. And so when they count the number of men, they can count the number of families that is present. Or the gospel recorders are just like counting the number of families that were there by counting the men. It is not that they were male chauvinists and they were only looking at men held in these miracles and not only that if we take that as a you know benchmark we are talking about close to 15 to 20,000 people that were there in that moment in time this is one of the largest crowd that Jesus pulled during his you know ministry time and that um that the thing is that like when they had like a Jesus come through the town, they've already heard about Jesus. They've already heard about the signs. In fact, even that very same day, the the disciples were healing and the demon spirits were coming out and they've already heard about the leprosy. So when Jesus was in town, it's almost like a, a radical man that was in the, in the midst. He's the one who was chasing the money changers out of the place, and he was uh, also raising the dead. He was, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of buzz was already there. there. The Twitters were filled with messages and their Facebooks with likes, and everything was just like, a you know, all set, prepped for Jesus in this moment in time. But here's the thing just caught my attention, a couple of more little bit details, and then we will get into the uh, the, the actual, you know, meat of this, uh, you know, miracle. When we read these four Gospels, we have to, you know, patch them together to get like a full story, right? So when I read Matthew chapter 14, which is 13 and 14, right, it is talking about something very core of Jesus' heart, Right? When Jesus heard, this is Matthew 14, 13, it says, When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. So when, when he hear those people are coming towards him, he needed a little bit of a rest for himself because he just heard his cousin got killed by a king and he just needed a little bit of like a me time for him to just like a refresh himself. We all need that in our life. We just need to take some time to be alone with the Lord, and that's what Jesus wanted to do. So he went to a deserted place. He went to a place where nobody was there, but somehow the tweet got into the hands of the Jewish people. They were rushing towards wherever he was, right? But... The Bible says when the multitude heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. So they are moving away from the city to this deserted place where Jesus is secluded himself. Right? And when Jesus went out from his cave or wherever he was just like secluding himself. When he came out, he went out, he saw the great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. One thing that will never, never uh, take away from the mind and heart of our Savior is that when we go to him, when we take time To be with him, when we walk towards him, when we take an intentional effort to be in his presence, when we start to fast and pray for certain things that is beyond our control, God never would take our prayer for granted. He's just like so compassionate for these people that he could not stay away from them. He comes out, he touches, and he is healing the people. But here's another thing. These disciples went out throughout the whole day, doing all their ministry. They came home. They needed some rest. But here, this Jesus that they have in their midst is walking around healing people, talking to people. They're thinking to themselves, hurry up, Jesus, let's go. This is You've done enough for these people. They didn't even want you. They're just here because they want to have a, a, their their sickness healed and so on. But they want to hurry Jesus out of that place because in the book of Mark, chapter 6, it says, They didn't even have time to eat after they came back from their ministry. So it's almost like they are rushing Jesus out of this place. So when the evening came, in Matthew chapter 14, 15, it says, when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. What are these people saying to Jesus? Jesus, this is out of town. We are, we are just in the outskirts of Charleston, and this is already 8.39 in the evening. All the restaurants in, in Charleston close at 9 o'clock. Let them go buy some food. Right? The hummus is going to run out, and Peter is going to run out, they won't have anything to eat. Let them go. In other words, they are saying, Jesus, we are hungry, we are tired, we need something to eat, right? So everybody is hungry. That's where this scene is starting, right? So the first thing that I want to talk about today, and there's only one thing that you know, I'm going to have today. Just one point to this message today. The miracle that we are expecting in your life and my life, always start with a mess like this. It was a messy day for Jesus. With all the things that were going on, it was not a good day for him. With his cousin killed, and uh, the people um, you know, rejected him. It was a messy day, and uh, it is always messy um, you know, in our life when the problem starts to hit us, when things start to fall apart, not just like a one thing, there will be like multiple things going wrong in our life. I'm not talking about like, um, you know, the simple things like my car broke down or, um, and, you know, I'm having a fever kind of thing. I'm talking about like there are days that we feel like a God. I've had enough. Can you just, like, it quickly end this day? Because I cannot take it anymore. I just need to rest. This is too much for me to handle. Even the saliva that I'm just trying to, you know, um, you, you know, just like a take it in is not going through my throat. And I'm standing in this, uh, you know, uh, light, uh, and it is. Uh, Blurry because my eyes are, are, are right now in tears. I cannot even see clearly whether it is a green, red, or yellow. I'm, I'm talking about like a moment in our life. We get into a point where we are desperate. We are just like absolutely, you know, nothing in our hands seems to work. Our prayers are not working. Our efforts have failed, failed. It is always Those kind of moments, those kind of mess is what God is dealing with every day. So don't think what we are going through is unique and God doesn't understand. He does understand what we go through. So here's what I'm going to talk about first. Let's go to John chapter 6, verses 5. Then Jesus lifted his eyes and seeing a great multitude... Coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered to him, 200 denarii's worth of bread is not sufficient um, for, for them, that every one of them may have a, a little, a bite. Why did Jesus pick up Philip? The reason why Jesus picked up Philip is because Philip is from that area. Philip is from Charleston. Philip is from New York. And if they are in the outskirts of New York and Charleston or Florida, wherever it is, the, the, the locals know what to do when things are, are needed help. Right? So Jesus is asking Philip, right, because he's... A, He's from that area, where can we go for, find some food for these people to eat? And Philip Philip is like a numbers guy, right? He's counting 20,000 people at this point, and he knows that days wage in those days were like one denarii, right? And they probably can buy up to like a 10 um, people can eat off of like a one denarii, right? And so he's multiplying the number of people and the number of breads that they can get. And he has come up with this number of like 120 denarii, or in some places it says 200 denarii, right? So anywhere between 120 to 200 denarii is what he's calculating based on the numbers. He's thinking 10 people can eat, um, you know, half of one denarii you know, uh, or 10 people can eat one bread a bit like because he's thinking like a little so they can all like if they can take just like a one bite out of the bread they probably can have like a 10 people eat one bread and uh, you know 50 people can eat off of like a, you know, um, you know one one denarii and, and then he's just calculating all the the number of people and so on he came up with like a 200 denarii's worth right about six to eight man-months worth of effort. While he's doing all these calculations and telling Jesus that number, one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Here's the thing. These two guys, both Andrew and Philip, are saying the same thing. The one guy is saying, God, we don't have that kind of a money to buy this food. Not enough. Right? And the other guy comes and says, ah, you want us to go find out who's got what? And we found this five piece of bread and two fish, this two sardine." Because the sardines is very common in the Sea of Galilee, so it's just like a tip piece of so that. how can you feed five thousand families with just like a five piece of bread and uh, you know two sardines, right? Here's the thing. When I read that and reread it so many times, what God was speaking about is that some of us are doing the very same thing this morning trying to solve the mess on our own, trying to solve with what we have in our hand, trying to solve a mess or a problem, thinking, oh, if I can only do this, if only I can get the marketing people, if only I can just like talk to this guy who has money, or if only I can talk to this person who is just like a, a doctor. We're just trying to see with our limited knowledge and experience and our resources, right? But look at that question that Jesus asked at this time. Because the answer to the question is in the question itself. Jesus did not tell Philip, what shall you buy? where shall you buy bread that these may eat? That's not what Jesus was saying. Where shall we buy bread? That these may eat when we have a mess in our hand, Jesus is saying, "I'm not going to let you solve these problems all by yourself that that Jesus is saying that I am included in your problem. Jesus is saying, just like what he said. Later, in John chapter 15, the night before he was crucified, he was sitting down and having a personal conversation with his disciples. In that time, he says, Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the wine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me, I am the wine, you are the branches, He who abides in me, I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Jesus knew at this point in time that these guys are trying to solve this problem in their own mindset. They are not actually thinking of me that is sitting in this room. They are only thinking of themselves trying to solve this problem and we have to turn our me problem into his we problem when your car is broken ask him how he is going to or how he is planning to fix his car if we take the word for granted everything that we own is his and if his car is broken, why am I sweating to go find the oil change guy or change tires? It is his car that I am driving today. We need to turn our me problem into a we problem. Marriage is not working. If we believe that he's the one who put us together, shouldn't he be involved in untangling the knot? I really like what miss susan said this morning she said you know 49 years ago on december the 20th i got married this very day she just like a remembered 49 years ago it was really cold that day as she was preparing to get married the next day right and and the thing is that one point that she made This morning, just alarmed, like it's just like so profound. She said, I'm still married to her. God is a God who knows us, and he has put us together in this marriage. If there is a problem in your marriage, don't go after solving that problem by yourself. Bring Christ into your marriage, and let him untangle They're not. There are a lot of things in our life we cannot fix on our own. Jesus is saying, factor me in your mess. That's the place where the miracle starts to happen. There are times we feel like what we have is not enough. But God says, when you have me in the middle, you have everything that you need. In, in fact, you have more than what you need for this time. I do not know what mess you are in this morning. But when we bring Jesus into the picture and turn our mess into his hand, your hurt plus Jesus is equal to healing. Your addiction... So whatever that is, whether it is a movie, whether it is alcoholic, whether it is smoking, I do not know what that addiction is. When you have your addiction that you are not able to get out of, when you add Jesus into that mix, then you will find the freedom this morning. When you see your marriage is in shambles and broken, and when you start to bring Jesus into the picture, you will find hope renewed in your marriage. We were there in South Dakota one time, a couple of years ago, and the thing is there was a 10-year-old boy that was pestering, pestering, pressing his mom to come into that prison with him. And the mom was refusing to come because she divorced him and she didn't want to see him. In fact, she had a restraining order not to go closer to him, but this 10-year-old boy kept bugging and bugging and bugging. And so finally she caved in and she went and restrained removed the restriction, she went in to the prison with that boy that day. Left that she knew that morning that by afternoon when the fathers were getting to ask forgiveness from their children, before they would go and ask forgiveness from their children, they were going to ask forgiveness from their wife and their moms and their caregivers. So when they were sitting down to ask for forgiveness, he got on his knees and washed his wife's feet and asked for forgiveness. And I watched them from a distance because I knew the situation even before we walked into that prison in in Mitchell, South Dakota. I do not know what happened to their marriage afterwards, but I do know. That grace was introduced into that marriage. That's what God does when we have him in the picture. He introduces his grace. He introduces his mercy. He introduces his plan. He introduces his solution. He introduces himself into the problem. Financial lack. you don't know what to do. And when you start to bring Jesus into the picture, it's going to overflow. Couple of uh, weeks ago, we had a huge problem that we needed to solve before the end of the year. The bills were mounting and we had no idea how we can go about solving that problem. We needed $75,000 to solve that problem. It was a lack that we had. And we were in a board meeting. I know Ms. Sarah was there when I presented to the board that we need this money before the end of the year. And the, and the marketing and strategy team were brought in and they did a lot of great work. They put the videos together, everything together. And they just ran ads after ads on Facebook and, and LinkedIn and all these places. Funds were not coming until we introduced Jesus into that mix. I asked him, God, this is all we have. And I'm here three, two months later, after this problem was introduced two months later. I'm here to tell you this morning, as of this Friday, we got the commitment for all $75,000, only God. Only God can do this. Your emptiness and my emptiness with Christ in the middle means everything. The answer applies to any situation when we factor Jesus into a form- formula. You know, we, we don't need to focus on what we can do. We have to sit back and see, what he can do. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 64, no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, a God besides you who acts for those who wait on him. God acts for everyone, acts in every one of our situations. I have this morning, there is a site that that records the testimonies that people can uh, throw in and uh, I, I I want to read two of the testimonies today morning so that you will be strengthened when Christ comes into the picture. Look at what Christ has done. Here's the lady. She's saying this happened on June the 29th, 2021, right? So here's the thing I want to say. Jesus that we worship is not a God who does miracles 20 Um, 2,000 years ago, he's still alive and well and active. Here's the lady that says, Hi, children of the Almighty God. I have been experiencing pain and inflammation in my right hip and thighs for about six months. It was so painful to bend down, sit, and even when lying down, I have been on a muscle relaxer and light, lidocaine patch, but they did not help. On six twenty nine 2021 the pain with the inflammation was so bad, I wanted to tell my husband to take me to the urgent care, but then called upon God and repeated his word. He spoke to me, this is God, spoke to me in a dream many years ago that all my enemies have been defeated. I told God, and I believe his word, and I'm holding on to his word. His word said that all my enemies have been defeated. No exception that this pain and inflammation has, have been defeated. I cried due to the horrible pain and inflammation while holding on to God's word and promises. All of a sudden, my sisters and brothers in Christ Jesus, I felt peace and calm in my body. I sat down quietly throughout the evening, for this was happening late in the afternoon. The following day and night, No pain, nor inflammation. I was thanking God. I did not tell this to my family members yet. One week later, no pain. I bent down three times, walked up and down the steps, no pain. I told my family members what God had done for me and they rejoiced with me. I was in so much pain could not sit down, bend down, and walk up and down the steps without pain. God is amazing. God is so faithful. He's a miracle-working God. He keeps His word. God does not lie. God took the pain and inflation away. Trust and hold on to God's word. Please join me in thanking God for His mercies, compassion, goodness and faithfulness, to God Almighty be all the glory. This is a woman from U.S. She has talked about this, and another girl. There are like um, thousands and thousands of these kind of testimonies on that slide. And I just really love reading some of these testimonies because it just like, uh, you know, uh, energizes our walk with God. It just sometimes we go through some level of like a, slowness in our spirit, and and we just feel heavy in our heart. And God says, you know, through these people, what he has done just lightens our heart and mind. Here's a girl named Anja from South Africa. She's saying how God moved one more time in her life. He says, I just want to share a testimony of how God healed my tendons through less than a mustard seed a mustard seed of faith. I was diagnosed with COVID a few months back. Through a rapid blood test, I had it really bad at a stage, my chest closed, I battled to breathe, and could not move my stage because of no oxygen going through To my limbs, I got pins and needles in my fingers and in feet. I had no taste nor sense of smell. And my body was sore and my throat irritated. I almost did not see 2021. But once again, through faith, I asked my fiancé to contact my pastor to pray for me over the phone. And after that, my chest started to open up so I could breathe. After my isolation, I got what they call COVID pneumonia and my chest closed up again. I once again thought I'm not going to make it through. This time I was scared because my fiancé was not at home and my voice was gone. I know that I tried to live righteously, but the thought went through my mind. Are you ready to meet the Father? Deep inside me, I still felt that I could have and should have done more to have a closer relationship with God. I realized then also that I was going to die without saying goodbye Without making amends, I knew at least I do forgive the people that hurt me half time. But I wanted to say goodbye at least to my family. I decided that I'm going to fight the inevitable. I typed a message to my pastor asking him to pray for me in the name of Jesus. And once again, through faith, my chest opened up. I could slowly start to breathe again. After that, I had a blood test done and ended up with a blood clot. But once again, Jesus came through for me. I'm back at work and getting stronger every day. Once again, I'm spending every second telling everyone that God is real. He's still doing many miracles. And we need to put our trust in him. He never left us nor forsake us. We need to praise him even in the storm. No matter what you go through in life, sometimes these things happen for a reason. It is there to make you stronger so you could handle any obstacle that comes your way. I've learned to put everything in God's hands and then everything else will fail fall in its place. Uh, he's a provider. He's a miracle worker that, and does not expect too much from us. All He wants us to do is to confess our sins and believe that the Son died for us on the cross and have a, a closer relationship with Him. The book of Revelation is filled, fulfilled as we speak. It is important to plead the blood of Jesus over yourself and your family and put on the full armor of God. Please share this testimony of my healing so that people will know that God is faithful and good. And all we need is to call His name and He will be there. Cast your anxieties to Him, He will give you rest. Let him lead you. He will direct your steps. God bless and keep you safe. This is the second testimony. When I read that, I thought to myself, how apt it is this morning for us to just even share the heart of many. That is, even on this line that has seen God come through and his uh, faithfulness has come through. And I really love what uh, you know, Ms. Katina talked about. Like, I see my mom changing. I have a faith that she can move on her own. God has already heard that testimony. She's, he's already heard because the Bible says that when those who fear the Lord talk to each other, the Father in heaven listens and hears their conversation. What is the core of this miracle? Sometimes we don't have an idea on why and how God does certain miracles in our life. Why does God allow this in my life? Think about it. When Satan tempted Jesus to turn those stones into bread, Satan knew that Jesus can do it, but he didn't do it. Jesus could have done the same thing here too. He could have made all of them sit down and said, let me be cool and do this. He could have just like flicked his finger and turned that grass into bread. And he could have said, take the bread from the floor because I've already made a fresh bread for you from this grass. Or he could have just like opened the balconies of heaven to pour the manna, the version 2, from heaven for, with the taste buds that, that, that the Jewish people needed on this particular day. That's not the point of the story. He wants to show his disciples, trust me. I can turn your me problem into a V problem. He was saying to them, I want you to trust me to give your mess." into my hands. have a little faith as a mustard seed, just like that woman that we read in the testimony to see what I can do with it. He wants to solve the problems that you and I go through with him in the middle. Oftentimes we are expecting, almost like we are inside a prison and we want him to open the door, the cell door, so you can come out of that prison. That's what we are always praying for. But God is saying, imagine you are closed up, you are in your cell, the door is closed behind you, but when you have me with you in that room, imagine what we can do to that problem. That's what God is saying to you and me this morning. If you want, if you need a miracle this morning, he's our guy. I know. I know some of us this morning didn't want to come to listen to this guy, this Indian guy for a message. You came this morning expecting a miracle to happen in your life. You came this morning expecting God to give you hope to turn the situation around. I don't see you. You don't see me right now. But you know what? The Father in heaven is seeing you. I do not know wherever you are. I want you to put your hand on your chest where the heart is. Let's turn our mess into his hands. We don't need to have anybody looking at us right now. It is That's why I really love the Sunday morning services because there is no video, there is no entertainment. It is a raw format of us getting closer to God. I want you to put your hand where your chest is, the right side or the left side, whatever that's comfortable if you're driving, going someplace, you know, just like I put your hand on your, just where your heart is. And I'm going to ask Ms.
2: Bettina to pray for the situation that you're going through this morning. Bettina, you may be on mute. Hallelujah. Are you able to hear me, Ms. Bettina?
4: Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name. As we continue to have our hand upon our heart, let's just focus. Let's just put our minds and our hearts and our total everything into thinking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Think about that thing. Think about your situation. Think about that person. Think about that area where you need God to show up right now, where you need a miracle right now. Let's lay that thing down at the mercy feet of Jesus, where the blood lies, where there is redemption, where there is a miracle, where there is healing, where there is deliverance, where there is a breakthrough, where there is victory. Where there is already a testimony made in heaven on earth right now. Let's release right now. Let's t- repent to the Father for our intervention. Let's repent to the Father for our will. And let's let him know that we surrender right now unto his will. This thing is bigger than we are. And we need a God-sized miracle. We need a God-sized intervention into that thing right now. We release our will right now, and we accept the Father's will into this situation. Whatever it is, we cannot control the situation any longer on our own. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you with a pure heart and a pure mind right now, oh God. Lord, just thanking you, oh God, thanking you for the miracle right now, oh God, thanking you for the intervention right now, oh God. Thanking you for being all-knowing and all-doing right now over our situations, Lord. Lord, we want to stamp this thing with the faith, oh God, that we know that you have given us right now, oh God. And, Lord, we just thank you right now for turning it around on our behalf right now. We thank you for the plan that you have for us, the plan that you have for this situation, the plan that you have for our testimony, the plan that you have for the people that our testimony is going to bless, the plan that you have for the miracle that's going to bless the land. And we know that that plan is good and not evil to give us a future and a hope, we give it back to you. That thing, that situation, that person, that circumstance, we lay it at your mercy feet right now. And we say thank you. We say thank you for the bringing out of. We say thank you for the breaking of the yoke. We say thank you for the breaking of the chain. We say thank you for the release of that thing and the taking on of the peace The peace of God that surpasses all understanding and all things right now, oh God. Those who just thank you for armoring us and giving us exactly what it is that we need right now, oh God, as we release this thing to you, as we release this situation, as we release this circumstance, as we release the thing that we've been holding so tight to, oh God, we release it right now. We release it right now, oh God. Put back the broken pieces of our heart, oh God. We know that you can do this thing better than we can. We can no longer hold on. We can no longer try to fix it. We can no longer try to sit here and lose sleep every night trying to figure out what you've already figured out, God. You've already figured
1: it out, God. Give
4: us peace to be able to release that thing and know that you've got it worked out on our behalf, Father.
3: Oh, hallelujah,
4: hallelujah. God, show us how to walk away. Show us how to bring it to you. Show us how to have faith that you're working it out, oh God. On behalf, oh God, for those that love you and keep your commandments, God, we love you today. We need you on today. We cannot know. We can no longer fight this battle by ourselves. We can no longer figure this out by ourselves. We can no longer hold on to this thing by ourselves. We study week after week, oh God, about the miracles that you have performed, that your son has performed, oh God. We replace those people with ourselves right now. We replace ourselves with Lazarus, and we shall rise. We replace ourselves with the leper, and we shall be healed. We replace ourselves with the blind, and we shall see with the deaf, and we shall hear, God. People that were starving, and you shall get food, oh God. You shall give shelter, O oh God. You shall bring refuge, O oh God. Place yourselves, O oh God, with those people, O oh God. We want to be like Abraham. We want to be like Daniel. We want to be
3: oh, fast you know?
4: and unmovable about this thing, O oh God the enemy come and suggest that we need to pick it back up. We rebuke his suggestions right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the worry and the anxiety that is attached to
3: that Jesus,
4: the ability to not sleep every night. We release it right now in the name of Jesus. And we take on peace. We take on the full armor already given us that is unique to each and every one of us. The armor, oh God, that has our name on it, oh God. We take our rightful place at the table of peace on today. And we stuck with you. Right now, we eat of the bread of life. Life right you you over are, that situation. We seek deliverance over that situation. Hallelujah. Right now, in the name of Absolutely. Jesus. The miracles will come, the people will testify, and there will be an overabundance that will trickle into the world, oh God. There will be leftovers upon the land. You will use our situations and you will heal us. You will put your miracle upon it. We will testify and there will be
3: leftovers
4: upon the land. For those who haven't yet been delivered, for those who haven't yet been healed, for those who haven't yet received their miracle, our miracle will be a leftover for their miracle to come. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for being all knowing, all doing. Thank you for being able to work out this situation better than we can ever work it out. Thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Thank you Jesus. Now we ask thank for God. peace as we leave it at the altar and we stamp it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We ask for peace. Have us to not pick up that thing. Have us to not pick up that worry. Again, thank you. we thank you and we honor you. We honor you in your doing. And this is just not about a carnal thing, God. This is about a spiritual miracle that we need, oh, a hallelujah. spiritual miracle that we need. Because we know as it is in heaven, it will be on earth. And we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you. And we ask that all of these things may be done in your sense, Jesus' name. It is
3: done. In Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ms. Katina, for leading us this morning. I really like what Ms. Barbara German said earlier. Our life is fragile. She had four funerals to attend, or she saw four funerals yesterday. Our life, you know, can go like a vapor in a moment's notice. We have to take control of every single second and a minute and every cluster of our body should be ready. And that's our hope this morning. There are a few more things I wanted to very quickly touch before we go into prayer. In the days of Moses, manna was coming down from heaven just like what we saw, but that lasted only for a day. But here... Jesus is performing a miracle. After the miracle, they had a leftovers of 12 baskets full. What is so significant about that is that, uh, you know, a lot of times the people, the world, the secular world constantly rejects the faith of Christianity and, and the faith that we believe in is because they think when they become Christians, when they give their life to Christ, then they have to live a lifestyle of starvation. They cannot do the things that they love and enjoy. They have to refrain from this. They have to refrain from that. They have to leave this habit. But Jesus is saying, when you give your bread, bread and your fish into my hands, I'll give you not only what you will get from this, but you are going to get much more than what you have imagined. We are placing our joy and our happiness today into wrongful hands and Jesus is saying, place it in my hands and see what happens. I will multiply more than what you can think of. If there is someone on this line just struggling to pay your bills, this morning I do not know where you are, you know, Offer yourself, offer your time and your resources to some of the godly things. Send them over to your church. Send them over to the ministries that you love. Send them over to the missionaries that are struggling across the world. Send your resources to God's work and see what God can do with that. And in fact, you know, another thing that jumps out of this story is like how Jesus is making this boy the hero of this story. Look at how Jesus is doing. He's making this poor boy a hero. How do we know this this boy is poor? The bread that he brought was made out of barley. In those days, barleys were... Were used to feed the horses. The poorest of the poor only ate barley, and and here this boy is doesn't talk, doesn't even have a name for him. In fact, he's totally insignificant because they didn't even count him as part of the men that they counted. He wasn't even part of the calculation. Insignificant. When disciples. Were, went looking, they found the five pieces of bread and two fish. God needed only the five and two to multiply. With five and two, when we bring Christ into the mix, everything happened that day. In fact, they made these guys sit down in 50s and 100s, and they fed each and everyone. That's how they knew How many were there in that room? This morning, for the very first time, I want to share something that's bubbling in my heart for years now. That we are about to go and start a trade school for Proverbs 2-6. to And the thing is this, for a long time I was just asking God for a name for this trade school. And as I was uh, preparing this message, God just like pressed in my heart to call that as a five and two trade school. Five and two trade school. People say, like, uh, you know, we don't have that kind of a resource to start a trade school. If Jesus picked only a five and two from a land of India to bring them over here, five and two, is enough for us to start the straight school. God was with me then, and he will be with me tomorrow. God was with you then, and he will be with you tomorrow. If you think that you don't have anything, that's how I felt like when this straight school idea was popped up. You know, I have no idea where and all these things and how all these things are going to happen. What do I have? What is my five and two this morning? My five and two are the moms who have their sons in prison. My five and two are the kids who don't have their fathers this morning at home because they're serving time in prison. My five and two is the great grandmothers who doesn't have, you know, their grandsons at home to take care of their children. My five and two it's just the prayers that I have in my hand. My five and two is my knees. My five and two are my tears. That's all I have. But God is going to turn. this around. In the book of Job, you know, he says when his friends were questioning his faith and trust, he turned around and he said in chapter 9, he, shall, he shakes the earth from its place and makes its pillars tremble. He speaks to the sun and it does not shine. He seals off the lights of the star. This is the part I really like. Verse 8. He alone stretches out the heaven. He stretches out heaven. He he just like literally, you know, made a place for you and me and he sprinkles the stars on the skies. And he goes on to say, he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. That's what God can do to you and me. They're asking for a miracle. God only needs the mess. Mess is all is needed for a miracle to happen. And he has done a countless, countless miracles in the past. And in fact, John chapter 20, he says, there is, 20, 31, these are written that we may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And 21 says there were so many other miracles that Jesus did, which... They were written one by one. I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Even the enemies of Jesus couldn't deny that Jesus was resurrected from the tomb. They they, they didn't, you know, uh, they didn't deny the fact that the body was missing from the tomb, that's why. They went to those gods and asked them to lie that the disciples took the body, but they never denied the body that is missing from the tomb. This morning, you know, I'm here just like what Miss prayed for. I don't know what miracle that you're looking for, but as you open and turn your mess over to him, he's a God who's faithful. He can stretch the heavens, and He can sprinkle the stars in your life. We serve a God who stretches even the smallest things that we have in our hand. He left everything hanging in the air, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the earth, but He knows how to place them. And every day is a miracle, every minute is a miracle, just like what Miss Barbara said just need to be prepared
2: for the King to come. That it is. Thanks, Brother Cyril. Thank you, Katina. I was thinking as I listened before with the blessings and the heaviness of heart. Our God is never early, never late. He's always on time with this message because it sent a lot of heaviness of heart. And this is not just relevant for me to hear this, but I'm sure to everyone that's listening. And just the you know, the point that Sarah's making, the miracle that we expected always starts with a mess. You know, I, I know uh, reading this over and over again, you read about what Philip and Simon Peter said, basically the same thing. It's something that I think we all would say, just like, like a Philip, we ask, just like Philip and Simon Peter, where shall we buy our bread? Where? But Jesus is sitting next to us. He's right there. He is our source of that problem, of that mess. They factor me into, are we factoring him into our mess? And I know I'm guilty of not trying on my own. Are you trying on your own? Are you trying to do on your own energy? It's impossible to solve on our own. And that's where it touches us today. Don't leave him out. Your physical ailments, your pain, your suffering, your anger, the marriage, the work that's impossible to solve on our own, turn to him. Thank you, Katina, again for your message, for your prayer. Please turn your message to his hand. Amen. Sorry,
3: I was speaking on mute. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you, Father. Reveal any sacred pride, any unconfessed sin, any rebellion and unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship this morning. God, we want to get right with you. We're so fragile. We're, we're, we're just looking for you, Father God, to put your hands upon us and our children. We know, Father God, you are. We are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and accepting your death and as a penalty for our sinfulness. God, the price you paid covers us all the time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take this bread representing your life, Father God, that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us. And to all who receive you, thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that you took time to die and give your life, an abundant life now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you let's take the bread
2: in the same way we take
3: this cup representing your blood blood poured out from the splendid cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present and future. Today we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave through.
2: You gave us through the blood you spilled on that rugged cross. Let's take the drink. Name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
4: The conference has been unmuted.
3: Father, we stand before your throne of grace one more time this morning. As we surrender
2: ourselves, Father God, you are the God who knows yesterday, today and tomorrow, God.